there's that shying away from really being the full authentic version of yourself. And I'm so passionate about bringing that out of people again and bringing that muchness back and that genuine authenticity of who someone is because that is the real magic that you get to offer the world that absolutely no one else on the planet can. Thought Leaders Business Lab is for you, the business owner, entrepreneur, the expert in your field who wants to be seen and heard as the influential thought leader in your industry. My name is Samantha Riley and I've been building and growing businesses for over 26 years and I've learned there are three key areas to your success, your mindset, your talents and the people you surround yourself with. Each week, I interview successful entrepreneurs and deep dive to discover the exact strategies that they've used to build their business so that you can experiment and implement these strategies in your business too. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, Michelle. It's really cool to have you here joining me today. I'm so excited to have you here today as well, Sam. Super good. Today, we're going to talk about how, as an entrepreneur, we can really make sure that we're showing up as the best person that we can be because obviously then we're able to impact more people. But before we dive into today's topic, why don't you share a little bit about what it is that you currently do, the types of clients you work with and how you got to this point? How did you wind up doing what you do? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So that's going to be a pretty long journey because it's over 17 years now, which means I'm getting a little older, but that's okay. We're like fine wine. We get better as we age, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> that's my excuse and I'm sticking with it. Essentially, I am a holistic health practitioner and authenticity specialist and I, I work with two different types of clientele. So I've got my um, coaching clients that I look after that come from all wakes of life but are in particularly interested in overcoming things like anxiety, overwhelm, depression, extreme tiredness, um, you know, pain, stress. And then there's also the other side of it where I work with all different types of wellness practitioners where they too are constantly giving and looking after all of their clients or patients and they need to make sure that they are at coming from a space of fullness as opposed to, you know, being depleted all of the time. Mm. And I, I think the saying has been so overused where you've got to fill your cup and I actually think that that's not ideal because if people are drinking from our cup, that's, our, that's for us. Mm -hmm. so we want to fill our cup up enough that it overflows and everybody else can drink from our saucer. So that way we're looking after us first and then we can fully be present and really give to absolutely everyone else that we have in our personal and professional hemisphere. I love it. Oh, that is so awesome. I think that... Um, I had, I think it was Danielle Laporte that I heard that from first, that we're giving from the overflow, not from our cup. Yes. And I know for me that that was a huge game changer because it, it spun a new perspective on what was happening. It made me realize, sure. just, you know, and, and like you, I come from a wellness background, but at the same time, there's our logic that tells us this is what we should be doing. And then there's this human aspect that we self-sabotage or, yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we think, oh, it doesn't apply to me today. Yeah, I'm so, not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I think it, that, that just feeling or just understanding that it's the overflow, I think is so powerful mm. to really mean that we're showing up in the best way that, that we can be. Yeah. I'd love you to share what got you to this place because I think that the stories of how we got here are almost more powerful than talking about sometimes even what we do and what we deliver. Yeah. Oh, look, I think my own health and wellness journey has been massive and started right from, you know, a child. So, you know, how, <laughs> we could be here for days if we go into all of it. But, you know, essentially I learned from an early age how essential your, your health is because essentially your health is your ultimate wealth. Mm. If you don't have it, 
you have nothing, mm. absolutely nothing else. You can't do your, your business, your job, your career, your relationship, your family, your hobbies, n- none of it. And um, it really hit me really hard in my early 20s when I was going through yet another health crises. And by this stage, I'd been in, you know, mainstream health and well-being for years and it, it didn't quite compute in my own mind as to how come I was so unwell and how come, you know, doctors and medical professionals couldn't find out what was wrong with me. Um, I was so unwell for months and months and months on end and they were testing me for all types of cancers and leukemia and just everything under the sun and they they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And um, I think I was around 24 at the time and I just remember being so scared about the whole process and and how vulnerable that makes you for the rest of your life. Mm. And that got me into holistic healthcare, and it's been like this natural evolution of physical health, nutritional health, mental and emotional health, and spiritual health, and me diving into that both personally and professionally, first and foremost to help myself because I always want to be the best version of myself that I possibly can be in mm. every way imaginable, but then helping other people do the same so that Mm -hmm. they don't experience some of the horrendous events and traumas that I've gone through in my life. Or if they're going through them, then I actually know not just from a book smarts or qualification standpoint what that's like, but from a personal aspect as well. Mm, I love that. I love that. And I think that mainstream health isn't really health. It's more, and I know that you would agree here, you know, mainstream health is fixing the problem that's already occurred. And Mm. what I love about wellness is fixing it before it is a problem. It's it's completely turning our idea of health 180 degrees. Exactly. And instead of just, you know, putting a Band-Aid over something or dealing with a symptom, it's, it's digging down and finding out, well, what's the root cause and let's look at longevity mm. so that we've got wellness physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually for your lifetime, not just to fix the current problem. Mm, totally. So when we're talking about being well to show up as the best we can be, I think that it's really important to note, you know, how well being the opposite, not being well can really impact us as entrepreneurs and can really impact essentially our bottom line, which is what we're here to do, you know, to create sales. Talk about, I'd love you to share some of the things that if we're not well, that will impact us as business owners and in turn impact our business. Yeah, absolutely. I think something I've personally experienced was that my mind was working against me as opposed to for me. Mm. And um, when you get into those, whether it's anxiety or depression or, you know, self-doubt, when you start getting into that, you start buying into those negative thought patterns and then you forget the impact that you can have on what you have to offer to the world and how you can actually help other people and you 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 play small mm. instead of putting it out there that you actually have answers tools and resources to be able to to help people so i think it um it forces you to sort of shy away and you don't think clearly and you don't see the world clearly and you're, you're foggy, you're almost irrational mm. in a way because mm. you're, not, you're not fully yourself. Mm. Self-doubt is something oh, that I think that every entrepreneur deals with at some stage. Yeah. Even, the, even the most confident people will still have those moments yep. of self-doubt. Yep. Tell us, I know that you've got the 10 foundational principles of the mastery of wellness. Can you give us an overview on if we apply these 10 principles, what are some of the benefits that we'll receive as, yeah. as entrepreneurs? 
Yeah, cool. So the reason I, I came up with 10, basically put the, uh, the principles together about six or seven years ago, and it was based off of all of my years working with clients and realizing if I'd missed a component, then I was missing aspects of their life or of their wellness that, that impacted it. So I think for me, it was looking um, at all of the puzzle pieces mm. so that I could see the complete picture and then be able to support, guide and in, encourage um, on their unique journey. And I think prior to without having all of those components there, it felt like there was just not the full picture, if that makes sense. Totally, totally. And sometimes we don't even notice that that you, you mentioned puzzle pieces. Sometimes we don't even realize when something's missing. It's like you don't notice it when it's there, but you can't, you notice it when it's gone. Does that yeah, make sense? Absolutely. And I think, you know, sometimes we can be just like, oh, I've got to create this content. I've got to write this content. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And you don't even realize that that over time that you may be more tired or foggy minded or, you know, that you're self-sabotaging yourself because you just, you know, you, you, you know, intuitively that physically you can't keep going at the rate that you're going. Um, another way I see it playing out is in people's productivity. They're not able to get done what needs to be done. So I'd love you to take us through these 10 principles so that we can start to implement these and, you know, really, I guess, essentially show up as the best that we can be. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll, I'll run through what the 10 foundation principles are. Um, and, and also too, I wanted to say that I, I just felt that it's important for, you know, any type of thought leader and business owner to make sure that they are looking after themselves because otherwise they're not going to get that full potential in their business and what they're after because What's, how does that saying go? You can only be as productive as how much you're looking after yourself. Okay. I, I feel like that's really, really true. Mm. Sidebar, but anyway, coming back in. <laughs> no, it's really, it's a really important piece. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and I, and I think that for me, I know how important that's been. And when I haven't had that, then my business dwindles. So I, I know personally how, how strong this is and these, this is stuff that I check in with myself all of the time too. Um, so I'll run through what the, the 10 are and then you can ask any questions that you, you may have on them there, Sam. Sounds good. So some of them might sound pretty simple and straightforward like hydration, kind of important. If we don't drink water, we're probably not going to last very long. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But let's, let's dive into that a little bit deeper. Yeah. Because, you know, you say, you say, well, you know, obviously that won't happen, but that's got its own little side principles, I guess, that people might not even realize that if they're not drinking enough water, then maybe they are, you know, hungry all the time. Or if they're not drinking enough water, they're really tired or if they're not drinking enough water, um, you know, they're unable to think clearly. So, you know, we, we, I think that sometimes we, we talk about these things like, well, it's obvious, but it's not until you hear, oh, actually I am tired every day. Maybe, maybe, you know, one glass of water a day just isn't enough. Exactly. And it's one of those things where, you know, the, the simple things are usually the most profound mm -hmm. and, very much what you were just saying there too. It's that recognition that, oh, actually I hadn't really thought of that because it's so simple and my cognitive function isn't as high as it should be or could be. So that's a way to add to it. Um, and I get people to focus on, you know, their, their magic number and how much they need to be having. And obviously you can go into really big Depths. I mean, you, you've come from a, a health background yourself, Sam, you know how in, intricate and intense um, even that simple topic of hydration can be. So mm. it, um, it sounds simple, but it can really go to some rather deep levels. Mm, totally. So following straight on from that one, nutrition, mm -hmm. this is one that's just been flogged to death, I think for lack of a, a better expression. Yep. 
I mean, all you've got to do is type in nutrition into Google and you'll get millions of results. And, you know, we're, we're the only species on the planet that's still so confused over how to look after our own body. Never really thought about it like that. You don't see a tiger Googling, what should I eat? Yeah. They just eat. That's right. Like, <laughs> like animals don't question it. They just no, eat. They just innately know what to do. And, and we've let this intellectual and over analysis, you know, take over and, and it's almost paralysis by analysis or even ignorance and not on people's behalf that they're going out there seeking to be ignorant, but that there's so much saturation of information overload, what to believe, what not to believe. And I mean, as you know, Sam, there's no two people that look the same. So therefore their nutritional needs are are never going to be the same either. So you you can't do any cookie cutter approaches when it comes to food. Mm. So what what are two or three things or tips that you could give people right now about nutrition that could help them to, I guess, take it you know, to the next level or, or, or just a couple of little tweaks that will help them to know what they, what they need to be eating. Yeah. Look, well, I think particularly for, you know, business owners and, and those that are working all of the time, a really simple check-in with yourself food-wise can be after you've eaten, do you feel energised or do you feel more sluggish and foggy? like listening to some of that feedback that your body's giving you because you want to be able to function at a high capacity to be able to, whether it's get your content out or look after your your clients or your people or whoever it is. Um, and nutrition can really make or break that if you're, you know, struggling digestively and so therefore you feel like you need a nap or you're bloated or you're exhausted because of, of what you're eating. Another really, really simple one that everyone could use straight away is just eat real food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like it sounds really simple, but we want to keep things as as natural as possible. And I'm fully aware that nowadays people are starting to read labels more and get really more on board with understanding what they're putting in their body because they can see the link between, you know, their gut and brain connection and how that's functioning. But a really, really easy rule of thumb, if you can't pronounce anything that's on that labels list, your liver is not going to like it. So put it back on the shelf. Mm -hmm. Awesome tips. And I know that first one that you mentioned around um, sort of getting that feedback from your body, it sounds so obvious now. But the first time I heard that, and it was actually from Paul Check, one of our mentors back in the day, he said that and I went, oh my goodness, why did it never occur to me that every day I wanted to fall asleep after lunch or that I had a headache every day after I had lunch? It never even, as silly as it sounds, occurred to me that it was because of what I was eating. And I had a headache after lunch for years, but it became so normal that I never questioned it. And, and I think that's the key there, Sam, because it just becomes a way of life that we don't even stop and notice those feedbacks from our body. And so by dropping in and, and giving yourself an opportunity to go, hang on a minute, that's not normal. What's going on? So you can explore and, and be I like to tell people, just be curious and Mm. your own body is your own experiment. You get to play in that space and see how your body is responding to things. Love that. Love that. So we've got hydration, we've got nutrition. What's the third principle? Sleep. Mm-hmm. Now, how many business owners out there are up till all hours because we've just got to get the next thing done? <laughs> it's certainly not me. I can tell oh. you that much. My children have paid me out forever because I'm, I'm in bed by 9, 9.30 every night. I'm a shocker. <laughs> oh, sometimes I can be a nana too, but I love my sleep. And, you know, the, the thing is sleep is free. 
Mm-hmm. It's free. There is nothing on the planet that restores, heals, and regenerates the body like sleep does. Like all of the coffees, pills, potions, shakes, supplements in the world, none of it will help you as much as sleep can. And did I mention it's free? <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> Like, you don't have to do anything. Just lie down. <laughs> Love it. Uh, but it, it, it sounds really comical when I put it that way. But, you know, the, the body has such a structured system of repair that it goes through, like, both physically and psychologically. And if we are missing that, we don't make it up later on. We're, mm-hmm. we're at that deficit And then once again, you know, if you're showing up trying to create content or support other people or build a business or whatever it is, you're not going to be able to function at the level that you may need to, to be able to make that a reality. Mm, Totally, totally. Sleep. I love it. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So our next one is breathing patterns. And Once again, sounds really simple. Yeah, if I don't breathe, I'm probably not going to last more than a few minutes. Like it sounds really logical. But I, I still find it really fascinating how many clients come to me that have never done any type of breathing assessments or never actually checked in with basic tests to see how they're breathing. And before anything else happens in our life, our breath actually tells us whether we're stressed or not. Mm -hmm. And especially if we're on the go all the time, busy, a lot on our plate, we really end up as, as chest breathers. And that also pulls a lot of energy away from our body. And it actually pulls a lot of hydration away from our body as well because our lungs actually use a lot of water resources which sounds ironic but that's how the human body works so you know checking in with your breathing patterns and learning are you a chest breather are you a belly breather are you breathing multi-dimensionally you know what do you drop into when you're stressed how can you flick yourself back into a more of a homeostasis all of those things can be really key to get the flow that you need. And, and funnily enough, a, a lot of business owners that I've worked with always say that when they use some of the breathing techniques that I give them, they'll have an epiphany and they'll know exactly what they need to do next. So it's, once again, simple is profound. Absolutely. So what are, what are some of the ways that you would work with a business owner around their, their breathing patterns? Because I know, I know for myself, if I'm working for, you know, like a long sprint, Mm. um, you know, if I'm working for sort of like two out, maybe two hours that I will definitely go into that chest breathing. So I know that it's time to stop and, you know, and do something different. What, for people that don't even understand or, you know, even notice that that's what happens, what are some tips that you can give us that we can implement in our days to start to pay attention to this and I guess to give our body a bit of a break? Yeah. Look, for the most part, people aren't even aware of how they breathe because it's not something that we're taught. Mm. So if you want to start checking in with yourself, like you said, maybe every few hours, just check in and take a few deep breaths. That first key of actually stopping to check in, that's the point where you want to catch yourself. So I've got some clients that'll even set an alarm every few hours. And when that alarm goes off on their phone, oh, that's my time to stop. Just take a couple breaths. Um, Or not so much uh, recently because of um, COVID, but I've had lots of clients that commute. And so while they're driving, you can be doing multiple things. You can be listening to a podcast. You can be checking in with your breathing. So there's there's ways that you can implement it into your day-to-day things that you do. Um, uh, I've got another client. She has exceptionally long hair. And every day when she's straightening her hair, that's when she checks in with her breathing patterns. So it's, I find that because we're so busy all the time, 
it's not about finding extra time. Mm -hmm. It's about finding the time when you're already doing something else that you can multitask. Love it. Or even as a reminder. Yeah. Just, Just getting into the habit of, you know, when you're straightening your hair to do it, that's a great way. I remember... I used to, years ago, used to get my, my female clients to do their pelvic floor exercises while they were brushing their teeth yeah. for the same reason. It's just exactly. like, ah, oh, okay, I'm picking up my toothbrush. I know what I need to do now. Exactly. <laughs> Two birds, one stone. I'm always down for productivity. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right. What's and the fifth step? Number five, relationships. Mm. Yeah. Now, this is a really, really big one because as human beings, we are tribal creatures. We're social creatures. We, we need people. As, as much as many of us, myself included, loves my solitude and my alone time, we also really, really need connection. Mm-hmm. And it's so important for the human spirit. And with relationships, oh, I mean, once again, we can go into so many facets, but first and foremost, it, it's checking in with the relationship with yourself. That's a 24-7 relationship that you cannot escape. Yeah, good point. <laughs> like, good point. Yeah. <laughs> can't escape it's- from yourself. Exactly. You're not going anywhere. (laughs) So you want to check in with that relationship. How's the internal relationship going first and foremost? Because I think a lot of people will instantly jump to their partner, their um, children, their parents, their family, their friends, their work colleagues, their clients, etc. And look at all of those external relationships and all of them are so important because they impact us in so many various ways. But first and foremost, asking your question, what is the relationship with myself like? Mm. So powerful, that question. Because, you know, as, as thought leaders, we're dealing with people all the time. We really care about our clients. Yeah. It can be very easy to go into that. I'm always giving I'm always, you know, working on making sure that they're okay, like taking that, that nurturing role and completely forgetting about herself. Exactly. And so I feel like that's probably my most pressing point for the thought leaders today is you first and then everybody else after that. Mm, fit your own oxygen mask first. Yeah, exactly. There's a reason why they say stuff like that. Yeah, how about <laughs> that? I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so moving so- on to number six. Now, this one I tie two components together. So it's thoughts and emotions. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason I've put these two together is generally speaking, our thought processes leads to the emotional state that we're in or vice versa. The emotions that we're experiencing lead to the thought processes that we're having. And it's like going to grand central station of everything that's happening in our reality is what's perceived in our mind and our emotions. And then what we do And how we interact with others as well is based off of what's happening in that internal reality. Mm -hmm. So it's quite a a big one. And And I generally say to people that the biggest bang for your buck that you can ever do is work on your, your mental and emotional state because the ripple effect of that, you know, transpires into everything. Absolutely. And I know that all of these things are interrelated. They are, Mm. it is a puzzle piece, but tell us, I mean, I I already know the answer to this, but I find (laughs) this one of the most unspoken things is how the nutrition Mm. directly relates to our emotions and thoughts. Yes. So I um, briefly mentioned before that the gut brain connection. And so I feel like that's what you're relating to Mm. there. So Essentially speaking, our gut has the same neurotransmitters that our brain does. So when we are ingesting food and we're assimilating um, those food particles into 
human flesh. Our gut works as a secondary brain because they are simultaneously working together. So if you're eating things that are, you know, causing you any sort of distress in some way, whether it's, you know, physiological distress like bloating or IBS or any other condition, it impacts your thought processes. Mm. So they say whatever is mirrored in one will happen in the other. So if your diet is all out of whack, then your thought processes are going to be out of whack too because your food directly relates to the mood that you're in. I actually saw this on TikTok, which sounds really fun because you think that TikTok's going TikTok. to be a bit crazy. But I have learned the most amazing amount of things off TikTok in the last few months, like really cool stuff. But there was a, a clip by a teenage girl who, mm-hmm. who her channel, she talks about depression and and yes. the tr- and um, how she tried to commit suicide, mm-hmm. and she she was doing this TikTok on how her psychiatrist told her to eat fruit and vegetables and and meat like fresh food and to yeah. get rid of all the other stuff that she was eating. And yep. she said at first she thought, "Who does this woman think she is?" She's <laughs> like, but it completely changed her life because all of a sudden she wasn't depressed anymore. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was really powerful that she shared that message mm. and, and really to help people understand that if, you know, anxiety, depression, like have a look at what you're eating. Exactly. And that's some of the major stuff that I work on with people that are experiencing that because, uh, I mean, we could go into all sorts of stuff about, you know, how sugar starts the acidosis cycle. And, like we could go really in depth with all of that, but it, it's so true. And that's another thing that you can, you can check in with is looking at how is what you're putting in your body affecting your moods and therefore your, your thought processes. Mm, totally. So let's move on to number seven. All right. This one is another one where I tie two components in together because they tend to intertwine. So it's work and finances. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason I tie the two in together is because generally what you're doing for work, whether it's, you know, a business, a company, career, job, whatever it is, will lead to your finances and your finances will impact your work in some capacity. Mm -hmm. So hence the two are together. Now, I think it's really important to bring up here that finances and money in general is such a massive topic. Mm-hmm. You've got plenty of it or not enough of it. It doesn't really matter what end of the spectrum you come from. I've seen it all with clients over the years. All of them come with areas to navigate that can be challenging. Mm-hmm. And from a humanistic standpoint too, our finances are very much related to our our base chakra. So it's our primal survival instincts Mm -hmm. because our finances provide us with the basics, food, water, shelter. Mm -hmm. And so by looking at these areas in in our life, we're not just looking at where we are now, we're looking at what do maybe I need to alleviate in my life or on the flip side, where am I trying to go with this? What is my end goal? What are my aspirations when it comes to my work? What's going to give me that fulfillment? So it's connecting to yourself with where you are, understanding where you are now and and looking at the big picture where you'd like to go for future. Mm. How much do you note or notice that people self-sabotage their work and their finances because they're not being true to themselves of what they really, really want to be doing in their life? Oh, that's a huge one. You know, so many people will do things that they feel like they have to do because they've been taught that way or brought up that way or they've been um, shamed for what they really want to do with their life because that's not realistic 
personally, I don't like the word realistic because I think (laughs) there's no such thing as being unrealistic because the thing that you think is unrealistic, I guarantee you there's someone in the world that's living it and doing it. I love it. I love it. (laughs) No such thing as unrealistic. But we buy into this and then we've got all of these pressures and expectations of the way that we're supposed to adult and Mm. we're supposed to do life. Well, hang on, why? But then that causes all sorts of inner conflict and then, you know, people can play small instead of going, well, actually, this is what I'd really like to do for my life. This is what I'd really like to do for work, career, business. This is how I'd like my finances set up and, you know, trusting that inner self and then seeking the help from all different types of professionals to actually make that real. Mm, Totally. Totally. Such a massive topic all on its own. Actually, all of these are. (laughs) I know, right? We could do an episode on each one. I know. That's what I was about to say. (laughs) Great minds think alike. Oh, totally. Totally. Um, So number eight. Stresses. Mm. Oh, yeah. Now, the reason I actually gave this its own component all by itself was, I mean, as you can see, any of the ones that we've gone through thus far, they can all create stress and distress in your life, in your business, in your wellness, etc. But if we don't actually address stress itself, it can fester and spill out into all other spaces and places in our, in our world. And everyone experiences stress differently. So mm-hmm. what might stress you out may not even be a problem for me. Mm, good point. So it, stress is all very, very unique to the individual. And a lot of people just associate stress with that tired, wired, feeling wound up, sensations in their body but there's so many other ways that we can experience it and it can be very unique to each person so any of the 10 foundations that we're going through today will actually have stress alleviating components but then we've got to look at actually stress itself and I'm sure you've met people as I have as well that are people that are overly stressed or stress heads or worry warts or whatever you want to call them. And so that's something that I don't, I haven't met someone yet that says, I love how much I worry. <laughs> like that's something I purely enjoy. <laughs> Let's talk about something different there though. There are a lot of people that, have their own businesses that actually thrive under the pressure of it. Yes. You know, they love to, and I'm going to put me in this boat. Like yes. There's that thrill of the chase thing and we put ourselves under pressure and we actually get a kick out of it. We do. It's yeah. exciting. Yes. And that's important to point out too because there's healthy aspects of stress and then there's unhealthy aspects of stress. So sometimes you need that kick up the backside, right, to really push yourself to the next level. And then that makes you feel really good, especially from an entrepreneurial standpoint. But then if that was prolonged for a substantial amount of time, that would start to become draining. Mm. So it's finding that balance for each person as an individual. Yeah, good point. I I know that I did a um I live at the beach and I did a Zoom call yesterday down down at the beach on my phone because I knew that I just had to get out because it had been a high pressure day. But at the same time, I I I don't see myself as the person that could sit under a tree and meditate all day and be all like, hmm. I don't think like, I, I think I would see you like that. Nah, I'd no. put a fork in my eye just to stress myself out because it would be so boring. But I understand that there are people that like that, but that's totally not me. So I think it's really important to understand how we best operate. Yes. But also not to let it get out of control. Correct. And I think you've, you know, surmised that quite well there too, because what works for one person will not work for another. Even like you were saying with meditation, like some people, they absolutely, I've got a couple of clients that they have to meditate every single day. It's got to be a thing. 
um, and they've got to do it a specific way. And that's what works for them and that's great. But then for other people, they're like, I cannot think of anything that's going to stress me out more than forcing myself to do that. Mm. So it's finding the magic for you and your unique self. Yeah, I really, really love that. And I do want to stress that point because um, I do meditate, not every day, but I do meditate. And I remember talking about it on social media once and someone else reached out and said the same thing. He said, I would actually be, I, he said, I get stressed just thinking about meditating. And yep. I, I think that many people can get caught on saying like, this is this is the way, this is the way mm. for everybody. Yep. And, and it's not exactly how you've mentioned so many times, we're unique and we need to check in and see what, how do we need to structure our day or structure our diet or you yes. know, all of these things so that we're operating in the most optimal way. Exactly. And I think that's the most powerful thing. And I say to all of my clients and in all of my workshops and everything that I run, there's going to be things that I say that resonates. That's what's for you. Take that and leave the rest because mm. it's trial and error. What works for one person won't for the next. So I think when people start touting that this is the way and it's the only way, that's it's quite damaging for mm. people that are trying to figure out where their way is instead of it being an exploration where you go, okay, I'm going to try maybe a sitting meditation or a guided meditation or a moving meditation or journaling or yoga or, you know, whatever it is. We're just using the meditation mm -hmm. as an example there, but you know, what works for one person won't work for another. So it's, I personally think it's, that experimentation and trial and error. Try them all, mm. get rid of the ones that don't work and keep the ones that do. Mm, I love that. I remember you and I were at a retreat once and we were doing, we were doing a specific meditation. Um, I don't know if you remember it with our cheese sticks and it's, oh, a, it's a moving meditation. Yes. And I remember everyone saying, oh my God, this is the best and I remember Paul saying you know this is just it takes you back to when you're being nursed by your mother and that's why it's so amazing and I remember being on that beach every day with my brain going I hate this what's everyone else doing what can I hear that is one meditation that it does not matter how many times I've done it and I did it a hundred days in a row and yeah, for a hundred days I, I did it. the gong <laughs> and a so hundred days I was like thank god I never have to do that again <laughs> Exactly. But the, the beauty of that is, you know, that's only going to add stress to your life. It doesn't work for you. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, someone else will find that bliss, like we discovered on that retreat. And I was a little bit similar to you. I'm like, after a few minutes, I'm like, and now what? <laughs> oh, you never told me that. That makes me feel so much better. I'm like, no, 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 no. Oh, I was thinking I was the rebel of that group. <laughs> no, no. And I did the gong as well. <laughs> At least we did it. At least we committed. Yep. And I think that's what it's yep. about as well. We committed. Exactly. We didn't just try it once and give up. We really committed and just went, exactly. okay, never have to do that again. And, and for those of you listening that are like, what are you two talking about with a gong? So a gong is actually a 100-day commitment practice. So we practiced this type of meditation for 100 days. So we really gave it a crack. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we really did. We went all in on it and then all out on it. <laughs> Pretty much. But the, the beauty of that is, is the learning. So I know for me, journaling is so much more mm -hmm. powerful. Walking is so much more powerful. Yoga is so much more powerful for me. Mm -hmm. But then for the next person doing a gong like we did, that's changed their life. Yeah, absolutely. So we're almost on the home stretch. We Number are. nine. Number nine is movement. Mm -hmm. now, both of us come from, you know, a PT and exercise background. So, you know, you and I know how essential movement really is. And I think too with, um, you know, being a business owner and working with business owners, I've been definitely guilty of this in my life where you get caught up in something that you're creating or you're doing or you're coaching and then you're like, oh my gosh, I really I haven't moved enough today and you feel it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, movement is the, the catalyst for everything and 
you, you know, as you know, balancing your working out and your working in. But I, I always say to to business owners in particular that I'm working with or um, that are a, a part of the the wellness practitioners community that you you want to book it in like it's an appointment or a client. Mm. I love that. So that you're, it's done, it's sorted and it doesn't, it's once again going to be completely individual. Some people love going to the gym. Some people love getting on their motorbike and going for a ride in the bush. Like whatever floats your boat, that's what you should do. I, I think something that, Maybe maybe you might actually agree with this one, Sam, but I think because both of us have come from that very structured, you've got to do this type of workout to be healthy, that doesn't work for people. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. movement's meant to be fun. It's Absolutely. not meant to be let's punish our body and beat it into submission. Mm-hmm. Like let's love the vessel that we're in and move for pure enjoyment. Like. It never feels like, oh, do I have to go for a horse ride? What world am I living in? Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's never detracting away from my life to go for a horse ride or go hiking or something that I'm passionate about. So I think that's probably a, a pressing point is whatever you feel drawn to doing, that's what you should move towards. Totally, totally. Because I think a lot of people can get caught up thinking that movement is purely doing a gym session and yeah. it's just not. There's so many different things that we can be doing. You know, you you know, I love to dance, so dance is my thing. And I haven't had that during this whole COVID lockdown isolation thing. And it is amazing how much it has affected not just my body and what's happening, but my whole mindset because yes. I haven't got that outlet. Yeah. And it's amazing. And something as simple, you know, seemingly simple as dancing, the, the, the power that's behind that. I mean, I definitely want dance like you do. I love dancing around the lounge room, like an absolute idiot. That's my <laughs> go-to, not ashamed of that, <laughs> but probably nowhere near as graceful as you said. <laughs> I don't know that I'm graceful anymore. That was 20 years ago, me. I love it. I love it. Yes. So, so move, move for enjoyment. Yes, exactly. Move for, for bliss, not for self-punishment. Mm, beautiful. And what's, what's the final step? The final, my number 10, this is my favorite one. It's what I call being true to yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, this component really dives into you being your authentic self. And as you can see, there's a theme throughout everything that I do is finding what's right for you. Mm -hmm. And so your authentic self is, you know, unpacking your core values is really getting to the the deep center of who you are as a person and who you really want to be. Mm. And a lot of time I, I say it's a reclamation because throughout our life, there's so many pressures, responsibilities and expectations that are, are placed upon us just during life and the, the traumas and experiences that we can have that we can lose our muchness. Mm. And um, a lot of people laugh at me when I start talking about muchness because it comes from Alice in Wonderland. Um, But muchness actually is a word that means the imagination and hearts that are in the the, uh, minds of children. So it's bringing back that inner child piece and, and learning to play and learning to just be your real self, whomever that is in the moment. And I think what I've seen and, and what I've witnessed over the years is that so many people don't actually know who they are because they've had to show up a certain way or they've had experiences where they've been told or treated like who they are isn't good enough or enough 
or on the flip side of that, they've had experiences where when they're showing up as their full self, that they've been too much. They love too big. Their personality is too big. They're too passionate. Like, and so there's that shying away from really being the full authentic version of yourself. And I'm so passionate about bringing that out of people again and bringing that muchness back and that genuine authenticity of who someone is because that is the the real magic that you get to offer the world that absolutely no one else on the planet can. Mm. What a beautiful way to finish. And I think that <laughs> that, that, that tenth piece, what I'm picking up is that you, you bring that into the other nine steps as well. Yes. It's all about, you know, be true to yourself in what you eat. Be true to yourself in, in the way that your sleeping patterns work for you. Be true to yourself in, you know, in your relationships, in what it is that you want. And I think that, you know, that just ties it up so beautifully yes. so that we can you know, let's tie it back to the beginning, show up as the best that we can be. Because when we're showing up in that way, we can leave the greatest impact possible. And I know that as thought leaders, that's what we're here for. We want to leave the biggest or make the biggest impact possible. Exactly. And help as many people as possible from that real space. Mm, Love it. Michelle, for people that have listened to this and want some more tips around your 10 foundational principles of the mastery of wellness, I believe you've got a free resource. I do. I have a free article um, that I've sent the link through for you. So you'll be able to pop that up for all of the listeners that they'll be able to follow and just download that article to read a bit more on all of these 10 foundation principles. So they'll be in the show notes so that you can go and click that and get that article. And where can we find you and how can, how can our listeners connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on all of the usual social medias, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all under the Michelle Powell. Love it. (laughs) The one and only. (laughs) (laughs) No one could even get a little tiny sliver of what you are, Michelle. You're absolutely beautiful. I love you. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your passion with our listeners. And, um, you know, I wish you all the best of luck as you move forward and continue to help so many people. Thank you so much, Sam. It's been an absolute pleasure spending time with you again today.